Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 185. This week, we talk with Colin and Tej about the cool stuff Microsoft is doing in the education space, including Minecraft. And we even talk about one teacher that's teaching computers without computers. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com. This week, we have Colin Burge and Tejbeer Sodan. They both work on the education engineering team in the Vancouver office in Canada. How's it going, guys? It's going great. Thank cool. you. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. This is uh, this is a pretty cool, uh, I think this is a pretty cool topic that uh, uh, that we can explore here. Excellent. Yep. So, Carl, what's going on? I just want to remind everybody, because we've been terrible at this the last few episodes, uh, uh, if you want to get in touch with us and just chat with us uh, in between episodes, you can go to slack.msdevshow.com and send yourself an invite to get to our Slack channel. It was easy. I joined. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Well, there, you can talk to the man himself. And uh, the other thing that that I wanted to mention real quick is that we uh, they finally figured out uh, how to remove our permissions from Channel 9, so we are no longer publishing videos there. Uh, which is a little unfortunate. We were able to stay on there for a while, but they, they basically, they've kicked off like just about everybody off of channel nine. So uh, fortunately that was only a tiny percentage of our listeners and viewers. So if you really want to watch the video, you can, uh, you can go to YouTube. I think it's youtube.com slash MS dev show. And, uh, but obviously, you know, you can search for us. Uh, I mean, you're listening to us now, so obviously you know where we're at. So you're probably listening to us in your podcast reader, but you can find us everywhere. The finer podcasts are sold. Uh, what do we have for the comment of the week, Carl? Uh, this week, the commenter was on iTunes from Norway, uh, Haken. He said uh, he was listening to the last episode, and this was a little while ago, and he had his mind blown when he tried uh, Windows Control <laughs> C and made his uh, uh, entire Windows grayscale. Yeah. So, yeah, that is a fun one. So, yeah, we definitely had a blast with that. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen that? Like we have. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> so I'm just, I've been waiting for like somebody on my team to leave their computer unlocked because <laughs> I am, I'm going to get them with this prank for sure. <laughs> Good thing most of us are remote. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I, there's only, there's only like three people that I can actually get with this. So, okay. Yeah. So if you want to get mentioned on the show, like Haken, uh, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com, comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. And we really like those five-star reviews on iTunes. Yes, we do. Okay. So let's jump into the news. We only have one news story and I actually wanted to cover it in our last episode, but I held it back uh, because I know that uh, these guys would have uh, some good commentary on this. Uh, Do you want to talk about this story, Carl? Yeah, so there was an educator, uh, I believe out of Ghana in Africa, and he was teaching uh, uh, some computers uh, to his class, except he didn't have a computer. And he was painstakingly drawing in color in chalk on a blackboard, Mm -hmm. uh, like the entire word interface (laughs) and teaching his students that way. And uh, he had uh, made it to his – I'm going to probably get this wrong – some sort of education – conference or, or forum. I can't education remember. exchange. Yeah. E2. Education exchange. And, uh, he had gotten uh, a lot of praise for the work that he was doing with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it seems that 
you know, after he got this attention on social media that uh, Microsoft is committing to find a way to get some actual computers into that uh, school's computer uh, education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is an awesome story. It is uh, uh, inspirational to us here to see how we have a number of teachers who just uh, do the most amazing adaptations to be able to get the material uh, over to students, regardless of how, what access they have to fancy equipment, to even simple equipment, to uh, 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 different kinds of facilities, whatever those might be. We do a lot of uh, touring uh, with various customers and uh, uh, schools throughout the world, actually. And uh, uh, we uh, this is a particularly excellent story but I've seen equally amazing stuff in uh, uh, schools in small uh, uh, small towns in China. Uh, we have a, uh, uh, a teacher there who spends uh, somehow managed to get an old school projector and a Surface laptop, and through that he's doing a, uh, a full up. Uh, technology suite of uh, uh, all kinds of different courses ranging from math to Chinese to uh, uh, English language to everything else you can name uh, on a shoestring in a classroom that is basically a uh, 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 small wooden structure. Mm-hmm. For another, for lack of a wow. better term, it, every time I hear about one of these stories, I'm just in awe. You know, the amount of uh, uh, work the teachers really put into the good teachers really put into uh, making this happen for their students is just amazing. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I mentioned on the show on the show before, but I, you know, I used to live in a rural area, and my uh, one of my sons, he was he was getting bullied, so we ended up putting him into a, a private school, and this was like a tiny school, like the entire population was less than 100, and uh, I had asked about volunteering and helping out with their computer classes, and they're like, well, we don't have a computer lab, <laughs> like we have a room for it, but like they had some old computers, and they were just completely garbage, and um, what was surprising to me, and, and I'm not, I'm not like trying to talk up like what I did, but what I was actually able to do, and and, it, and again, it, I don't think it was really because of me, but it was because of the, the the low cost of some of these machines. I was actually able to buy the uh, HP laptops. They were like, the, I think they were either 11 inch or 30 or 13 inch. Um, there was an education discount on them and I got them for, I think, 180 bucks a piece. And, uh, and fortunately I was, in my case, I was able to get, uh, Microsoft to also pitch in, uh, basically matching, uh, you know, my donation to the school, but I was able to purchase, I basically purchased five of them and it was, it was right around a thousand dollars. And then Microsoft pitched in the other ones and bought 10 computers. And it, it actually made like such a huge difference because they went from like not having computer classes to being able to have computer classes. So I guess I would encourage everybody too to like reach out, you know, find out what the situation is at your school and how they're, how they're teaching the students and see if there's something like that you can do, or if you could have people pull that in. I mean, even if, even if you could get in my case, if we would have could have gotten 20 people to pitch in just a few bucks, we could have bought a computer lab. Like it doesn't even require one person to do this. Um, so, you know, check into it and that can make a, such a substantial difference. 
We've been doing uh, amazing work with a number of our OEM partners in bringing a whole bunch of uh, uh, inexpensive machines, mm -hmm. low-cost machines, to the education market. So HP is a great example. Yep. They have uh, a couple of models now that are really working in there. I believe Lenovo does as well. Yep. Uh, there, it. It's really an excellent way of uh, uh, being able to put something into a classroom situation, get students access to something that they just would not have had access to before. Mm -hmm. And these were actually signature PCs. So, I mean, there was no extra software on there whatsoever. They actually had SSD drives. They were they were very acceptable machines for less than $200. I was amazed. Yep. And they were touchscreens. And, uh, you know, it was funny because I had to go in there. They weren't used to having all these computers. So I went in and I basically told them, like, here are the rules that you need to put into place. You know, like, have everybody wash their hands before Cause, because they were <laughs> laptops. And then it just took off from there. Like, I, I didn't have to do anything else. They came up with all the rules and they, you know, I went in there and watched. It was it was just amazing how just like just getting it started. And then they just took over and did an amazing job. And then the watch with those kids were able to create out of that because they were, you know, they had computers at home and they were very computer literate. So if you can just put a little bit more fuel on that fire, it was just uh, amazing the difference. So yeah, this guy, I mean, the links that he went through, um, you know, to painstakingly draw everything out, definitely not the best way to learn, but you know, you got to deal with what, what you have. So yeah, I really commend him for, for what he did there. So very cool. Okay, so let's uh, let's get to the main topic, which is really it's a good segue from from that news story, which is uh, you know education, and uh, I guess we'll start with I don't know who wants to go first, but let's you know talk about like what is your role at Microsoft. So I'll start. Uh, uh, I, this is Colin Burge, and I am a, a program manager here at the Education Engineering Group, uh, which is uh, actually located all over the place, but I happen to be along with uh, uh, Tejbir in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we are very focused on the education customer on teachers and students. And we're very focused on uh, uh, making learning outcomes better for students. So making it easier for students to learn something, whatever uh, uh, the teacher might want them to learn. Uh, that's actually a little unusual at Microsoft in the sense that a number of our product groups uh, are organized around products. So you have a product team that works on Word. You have a product team that works on Xbox. You have a team that works on uh, uh, games, perhaps. Um, we actually look at lots of them. And we work with a whole bunch of those teams, including a couple I just mentioned, uh, to work out what would their products look like in the classroom? And how do we get from, hey, that's a kind of cool piece of tech, to, hey, this is actually helping enable a student to learn? How do we uh, make sure that students are really picking up something from uh, uh, using our technology? Now, let Tishbir uh, talk a little bit more about the developer side of that. Hey, so uh, my name is Tesh. I'm a software engineer here on the education team in Vancouver. Um, what drew me towards education and education team here in Vancouver was something specifically like what Colin just mentioned, learning outcomes. Something that I've always been interested in. I volunteered at my high school um, after graduating. I'm still involved there. And to to learn that there's, I did, to be honest, I didn't even know there was an education team at Microsoft before I joined. <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't know until 
like a week ago when you guys reached out. <laughs> so hey, and now and now he's even wearing the T-shirt for education. I, I, I am. So. I, am. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it, I I super support this. I think it's a uh, to to have a focus on learning outcomes and yeah. um, gaining positivity for students and for um, helping teachers is something that is it's not only like technically interesting, it's also personally interesting. It's it's cool to work on something you're actually personally interested in. Um, I've, I'm glad to have found that. Um, and then I went back to my high school and um, before I before I joined, and it was interesting because we're talking about technology in the classroom. And when I was there, we were using overhead projectors, but we, we also were using laptops. We had a, thankfully we did have a computer lab and we had uh, projectors. But now when I go back, there's racks and racks of, of Chromebooks. And um, they're all using these devices to um, for for all the students to be using technology in the classroom, and mm-hmm. it was cool to be able to, you know, get their feedback and learn what what they like about using technology in the classroom and how it helps, and be able to actually make a difference in my job. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool stuff. So, what are you guys working on specifically right now? So, um, our team is working on um, something called education resources. So, education resources—it's it, still in preview—is uh, describe it as a, a catalog of learning objects. So, learning objects would be something that any teacher could use to bring a learning outcome for their students. Um, and education resources is a catalog of 300,000 plus um, objects that uh, teachers can search and um, filter by um, specific types. Um, would be assessments, articles, assignments, um, and it would increase their productivity. So they're pre-created, um, whereas a teacher before, maybe they would have to go home and think about their lesson plans and uh, be able, have to think of things from scratch. Um, now they could um, come and they could search education resources and look for specific worksheets, say about polynomial algebra if they're teaching math. Um, and we do have, and they're integrated first party with other Microsoft applications. I think. Um, this might be a good time for Colin to talk about forms and OneNote in Class Notebook. Sure. So as we're thinking about so what these learning objects are, they can be a whole bunch of different things. They might be a lesson plan. They might be an assessment. They might be uh, uh, some material that you want the student to go and work with. And so if you think about that, uh, uh, really they fall into a couple of categories. One might be for the teacher to uh, uh, review themselves. But m- most often we want to share those with the student. And we want to uh, uh, do that in ways that are part of uh, uh, the normal environment. So we're not trying to invent yet another app that uh, 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 teachers have to keep track of. They've got tons of those already. So one of the things that we provide in a classroom environment, we Microsoft provide, is that uh, uh, we have a couple of ways of distributing content within uh, uh, the classroom. One is uh, uh, Microsoft Teams our brand new one. Uh, This is a platform that uh, uh, teachers can use to quickly create classes, share stuff with classes, share assignments with classes. Mm. Uh, We have uh, a OneNote class notebook, which allows for some rich scenarios for how teachers can uh, organize content and uh, uh, allow students to collaborate. We have a uh, uh, app that I do a bunch of work with called Microsoft Forms, which is an assessment app 
forms is all about uh, uh, being able to create quizzes or other kinds of assessments uh, uh, that both uh, uh, can look at has the student actually gained the knowledge that uh, uh, we wanted, but also uh, uh, can be used to do a check-in of uh, uh, the social emotional health of the class. So you can imagine uh, doing a quick uh, couple of questions that says, hey, how are you feeling about this material on the next test? Mm. Right? We see those uh, uh, as well. Teachers can adapt their teaching style, can adapt the uh, uh, material that they want to bring forward based on what they're seeing uh, uh, within their classroom results. For all of that, uh, uh, we have this notion of education resources, being able to take this pre-existing material based on what the teacher is seeing within the class and supplement their own uh, uh, curriculum with this material. They can do that, again, in Teams, in OneNote, uh, in uh, 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 Forms. We have the ability to bring all of this to where the teachers and the students are, the technology that they're already using. Okay, so something like Teams, you know, you mentioned before that that you know, obviously the developers that are working on Teams are very product focused on Teams. So, do you ever are you able to, you know, sort of pilot Teams in education and then say like, oh man, the the students are creating these back channels and then they're kind of screwing around in class or something? And and like, are you able to, to then go back to engineering and sort of affect change in Teams? You know, giving them that feedback, like, hey, Teams would be a massive hit in education if you could make these changes. We do some of that. Okay. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, uh, engaging with schools to see, okay, how does Teams work in the classroom? Uh, we also have uh, some partnerships directly with Teams where we are bringing specific uh, uh, features for the classroom into Teams as a whole. For example, we have the notion of what's called assignments within Teams, which is an add-on that you can uh, uh, bring to your Teams environment. Mm -hmm. Assignments allows you to, as it sounds like, assign a resource or assign an assignment or assign an assessment uh, to a particular student or to all the students in your class that might have points associated with it. It might have multiple files or multiple pieces of curricula associated with it. Um, it probably has a due date. It probably has uh, uh, some way to collect all of the material and bring it back to the teacher so that the teacher can uh, 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 review everything, give feedback, give uh, uh, grades where appropriate. All of this uh, uh, is done within Teams, and most of it is done using the normal Teams UX. What uh, uh, we provide as uh, uh, through the partnership with Teams is that workflow that allows for the teacher to create the assignment, assign it out, and then review everything uh, uh, that comes back in. So it's really, it's a partnership. It really yeah. is, it's Teams product. It's uh, uh, by uh, any stretch what they do, but it's about looking at, okay, what's that extra thing that we can bring forward to uh, uh, have this really work well in a classroom situation? That's pretty cool. And this is this is a, so a little bit of a tangent. I, I didn't give you a heads up on this question, but have you worked with any uh, any virtual schools? Any virtual schools. Yeah. So you're thinking of online schools? Yeah, where it's or... online school, yeah. 
We have, we okay. have. So uh, uh, there are, as you can imagine, there's a wide variety of uh, what we call schools. I'm going to use the term in the broadest possible sense. Uh, we work with everybody from uh, uh, the very traditional brick and mortar uh, uh, students show up in a classroom. There's a teacher in the front. We call that the sage, uh, sage on a stage model. The, uh, <laughs> uh, sage standing on the stage, yeah. giving their wisdom yep. to uh, uh, the students. We also have uh, uh, a number of scenarios where we're working with people with what are called flipped classrooms. Those are scenarios where you can imagine you give uh, uh, the students a bunch of, let's say, videos of lectures on a particular topic. And the students uh, uh, go off and watch uh, those videos in their own time, on their own, uh, uh, at their own pace. And then they come back to the classroom. And in the classroom, there's no lecture. Like the assumption is the students already know everything that was in that background material. And so it's immediately about the active participation, the active uh, 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 work on uh, uh, synthesizing and demonstrating knowledge of whatever the material was. Okay. We do th those kind of scenarios. We see uh, uh, some strictly online where we have uh, uh, in the higher ed space, there's uh, uh, famously a place called Open University. Uh, in the UK that has no classrooms, has no buildings. It is 100% online. Um, we see a number of uh, uh, those kinds of institutions as well. All of them uh, 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 we're working with on the notion of how does Office 365, how do, how do uh, uh, the Microsoft products work in their individual environments for what they're trying to accomplish? not trying to recreate their environment for them. That's not what we're here for. Um, it really is about understanding how are they set up and what do they see as their goals and how do we empower them for that? Cool. And then what about, you know, go ahead, Carl. Say, what are the technical challenges in working in education? <laughs> oh, I'm going to let Tej talk to this one. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's quite a few. I mean, we can go back to the news the news story we just talked about. One of the biggest technical <laughs> challenges is not having technology, <laughs> right? Right. Um, how uh, you can create all this software, but putting these applications in front of teachers and students is is quite the challenge, right? And making, like Colin mentioned, making these devices more affordable and being able to put these put these applications in front of students is is a it's, I guess, a technical challenge and a logistical challenge, but it's it's tough. And and to jump on top of that, uh, bigger challenges is is this ecosystem. This idea of ecosystem is students don't always all have the same hardware. Um, you could go to a class and one student will have an Android phone, another mm -hmm. student will have an iPhone, one student have an iPad, um, and then the school also will provide 10 HP laptops, for example. And how do you deal with identity where you have... 15 students all come in, use these devices, they leave, the next 15 students come in, and how are you able to associate their identity with mm -hmm. the, the work they're completing? So those are some of the tough challenges. And um, going back to being access, having access to technology is just infrastructure in general. Um, Colin and I and some of our colleagues went to a, a school here to I went for a school visit to visit a classroom and see how they use um, Class Notebook and how they're able to use technology in the classroom. And one of the biggest problems was um, the Wi-Fi is not always the strongest in the school. And so there'll be issues with signing in and syncing. Um, 
so these are the type of technological technological challenges that we're always facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I, see. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I could see uh, the identity thing that you were talking about. I could see that being very challenging in the classroom because uh, my kids already struggle with that. It's funny they actually get they get access to like ten different systems. And, uh, and a lot of times, I mean, they just get like dummy passwords that are like the same as their student ID. And, um, I mean, it's just, it, that has to be a nightmare to manage that. Not only that, like we have to distinguish between teachers and students. So you don't want students to be able to view what teachers can view and, right. and being able to manage the whole classroom. It should be just specific for the uh, teachers, not the students. Exactly. Exactly. And then, too, you were talking about the uh, uh, 10 different systems that you have uh, in a classroom. Those 10 different systems are probably 10 different systems. They're probably not uh, uh, all from one provider. They're probably not from uh, uh, two or three providers. They may well be from 10 different ones. And so uh, uh, we spend more of our time than uh, uh, any other Microsoft group I've been involved with really thinking about interoperability. How do we work with the systems that are uh, uh, already in place? How do we work with the learning management systems and the student information systems and the uh, 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 classroom management systems that we might have? Any of which we can't predict in any classroom which ones uh, uh, they might have. So it becomes imperative to be thinking about, okay, how do we work with open standards? How do we collaborate with with uh, 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 partners wherever possible? How do we uh, smooth these out so that that poor teacher who is trying to stand at the front of the class and teach something in front of, you know, uh, 20 potentially quite bored uh, uh, sixth graders, make sure that she can control the class and uh, uh, get everybody up and running as quickly as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And then I keep hearing about, you know, Minecraft and, and how, how important Minecraft is for, for education. So how is Minecraft actually used in the classroom? So Minecraft is a, uh, uh, of course, a game, and uh, uh, everybody's used to it from that angle. Most students who approach Minecraft have seen Minecraft before as a game. This is a little different when we're using it in the classroom. Minecraft for Education is about, again, delivering those learning outcomes. It's not just about, hey, let's go uh, uh, build something cool or uh, uh, see if we can dig a hole that we can go bury our teacher in. Although that does happen occasionally. <laughs> the uh, 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 Minecraft really is about being able to deliver lessons of a particular kind. So you might imagine there is a set of chemistry lessons that can be delivered within Minecraft. There's a set of science lessons that can be delivered in Minecraft. There's a set of technology lessons about programming, basic programming and code that can yep. be delivered within Minecraft. In all of those, the notion is that the student is walking through a set of, uh, uh, call them challenges of one form or another, or uh, uh, educational pieces where they get to actually try some of the concepts that they're learning about. And in some cases, we can do that with uh, uh, things that would really be hard to represent in a physical environment. So, for example, in the chemistry uh, uh, experiments, how much more fun is it to uh, actually show how uh, uh, electrons are attached within an atom, Mm -hmm. right, than it is to actually build the atom? 
yeah. in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are a lot of possibilities for using that kind of a virtual environment to really bring forward uh, a number of learning scenarios that you, it's hard or impossible to do in a, uh, uh, how shall I say, real life classroom. How's that? that that's when you realize the, the ratio of empty space in an atom to the actual substance. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but like, you know, if you were to mimic that in Minecraft, it, I think, I think the, uh, uh, what is it? The electrons would be like at the edge of the map compared to the, uh, the nucleus of, you know, one block there. They are. Yeah. They are. And there Which are exercises that demonstrate that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications, supports all major programming languages and platforms, and integrates with your current development workflow tools too. There's a free 14-day trial, and it takes minutes to implement. So start resolving issues in your application and check it out today at raygun.com. So far, we've talked a lot about like the, the the technical offerings that Microsoft has in the in this space. Uh, but as a Microsoft employee, um, I, I'm aware of this program called Teals, and it's a way to help volunteer and get uh, more education, um, more instru- more instructor education in high schools um, to bring computer science literacy about. Um, does your team have anything to do with that Teals program? We love the Teals program. Uh, Teals was created by an engineer at Microsoft uh, uh, and primarily funded originally through Microsoft Philanthropy, which is a a, a separate area of the organization that uh, works hard on thinking about where can we make the right investments in the nonprofit world uh, uh, to build some good things within the world at large. Um, Teals uh, uh, has been enormously successful. We've We've seen seen uh, a number of different environments out there. We've heard great uh, uh, feedback from uh, uh, teachers and students uh, about that. We are, we ourselves are not directly uh, uh, empowering Teals uh, uh, because they've got their own funding model. They've got their own uh, 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 way of working with the world. That said, uh, uh, we spend a lot of time making sure that we're making connections between Teals and the school's that we're talking to, um, where we think there can be some mutual benefits uh, uh, between the two, or we think Teals can really uh, uh, bring something forward there. It's a great program. We love it. Very cool. Um, So where do you think Microsoft has a big advantage in the classroom? I think Microsoft's advantage in the classroom is uh, uh, is in two aspects. One is that uh, uh, for a lot of classrooms, we're already there. So uh, uh, there is a, a, a great number of classrooms that are out there that already have access to tools like Office 365 or uh, uh, Windows machines. Uh, we have uh, uh, who have access to the Office Online services. And so, so many of the things that uh, uh, we talk to about, to schools about is about leveraging what they already have. For example, OneNote is free for teachers and students. Mm-hmm. Free download, free, uh, 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 free to use online, works great. Uh, every time I say that at a conference, uh, I get a bunch of, wait, really? 
It's free. Are you sure? What's the catch? <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a licensing model. In well, and actually, no. Office, Office 360, yeah, Office 365, like, I, you know, at the, the school that I donated the computer lab to, and I was talking to them about that, and they actually had a server that was running their email. I'm like, why don't you just move that all over to Office 365? And they ended up provisioning an account for everybody. And it took us like two days to get the, you know, like the free license approved and rolled out to everybody. And then every student had an email address. They were able to collaborate over email. They were able to use all the Office apps. I mean, that was incredible for for free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The other big advantage uh, uh, that we bring is that uh, uh, we really are laser focused on the notion of the learning outcomes. We've been talking about that all show, but it's worth uh, taking a moment here. I was recently at a conference called BETS, which is held in, every year in London. It's a big educational technology conference. And one of the uh, uh, things is that, what that it stands I for? Uh, it, it, British Educational okay. Technology. Because <laughs> you said something. that, and then you're like, it's a big educational technology. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it was too perfect. Sorry, it's a large <laughs> educational technology conference. Okay, um, <laughs> that doesn't stand for anything anymore. It's just okay. bets. That's okay. what it it's is. not. It's not. It's not let's. <laughs> it's not let's. It's uh, it okay. is bets. Got it. Uh, uh, at bet this year, uh, uh, one of the big themes that I saw was there were a lot of providers who were providing robots. Build, uh, students, here are your parts. Go build a robot. And it was cool. It was awesome. Um, and so I went to several of them and I said, uh, uh, so what are the students learning out of this? Well, they're building a robot. That's cool. Could they build another robot? Mm, maybe if they had the right parts. Well, are they learning anything besides how to build a robot? What does building the robot actually teach them? <laughs> yeah. Mm, I'm not sure, but it's a robot. It's cool. It looks cool. <laughs> And, and we should not ignore the cool factor. That is absolutely important. But uh, uh, what we really want at the end of the day is to make sure that any of the lessons, any of the cool things that the students are doing are actually teaching something. Uh, the technology that we bring to a classroom should be about enabling the students to learn and specifically enabling the students to learn something that can be measured. Uh, this is terribly important to teachers, and uh, uh, it, it's one of our primary focuses. We don't want to uh, uh, bring technology just because it looks awesome. We want our technology to look awesome, but we want it to actually teach to that outcome. And we think that's one of the real differentiators that we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. We need more drones in schools. <laughs> I have That's seen some drones after uh, some after the robot drones <laughs> for sure. I, I will mention a third thing since I'm on uh, my soapbox sure. here, which is that we are very, very heavily emphasizing the notion of the inclusive classroom. What I mean by that is uh, uh, we see in the, all the classrooms we visit a number of uh, uh, students who might have uh, dyslexia or dysgraphia, who might have vision impairments, who might have uh, uh, any number of other issues with uh, uh, particular kinds of learning. And we spend a lot of time thinking about uh, uh, how to help 
all the students anywhere on uh, 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 within that matrix, if you will, of learners. We have a, a tool that we're very proud of called Immersive Reader, uh, which allows for students who are having difficulties for whatever reason with uh, uh, reading or just concentrating on their reading to uh, uh, be able to look at any text and uh, uh, see it in ways that are going to make it more meaningful for them. We might show them one line at a time. We might show them syllables, uh, uh, syllable on syllable on syllable. We might show them uh, a, uh, uh, a view that allows them to highlight specific nouns or verbs. Just depending on what the student needs, we can do a lot to adapt uh, uh, any of what they're reading to the uh, uh, viewpoint that is going to be the most useful for them. That's super cool. Yeah. And to go back to Colin's point about measurable, um, the immersive readers is really good about that, where you can measure your um, improvement in reading. For a lot of those students who were having some trouble, they were able to um, immediately see um, improvement where they would be reading, say, 25 words per minute. Um, after time with the immersive reader, they were able to move up to 50 words a minute, 55 words per minute, where they were at their baseline or meeting exceeding expectations for their age group. Hmm. Not just their age group, but for the individual expectations. So we've run studies where we had a, there was one student in particular, I remember this vividly, who was reading at about 10 words per minute. And uh, uh, the goal was to get them above 15. And that was the goal for the year. Um, the, the student was having that level of difficulty with uh, uh, reading. And after a couple of months of using uh, uh, immersive reader, student was at 55 words per minute. So uh, the gains that we see are just enormous. And those are the kinds of stories that keep us coming back to work in the morning. That's what we're trying to achieve. It's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, I look at what we're talking about here and uh, my sister is in education and she constantly tells me how much uh, Google is a big competitor in this space and that there's tons of other just people chipping away at, at, at these kinds of initiatives. What what really do you think sets Microsoft apart? What I think sets Microsoft apart from a Google or from uh, uh, any of our other competitors is uh, uh, really two things. One is that uh, 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 we have, unlike a number of uh, uh, the smaller uh, point solutions that are out there. Uh, uh, we have the ability to serve as a little bit of a, uh, a classroom platform. And what I mean by that is the ability to empower the teacher within their classroom to be able to share many different kinds of content or many different kinds of tools in a number of cases uh, uh, within the classroom. The uh, Google is an obvious competitor in that space. They can do this too. They've had uh, uh, low cost devices out there for some time. Uh, the pieces that we are uh, uh, bringing forward to, uh, really to try and challenge them in that space are around the inclusivity, around the ability to do things like ink input. Somebody mentioned touch devices. We are working on expanding our ability for uh, students to be able to use ink and pens to uh, 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 work on exercises or uh, answer assessments as we go. We we look at uh, uh, we're looking at further ability to integrate more closely with the other tools that are out there. 
Tej talked earlier about the notion of the ecosystem, the fact that everyone in the classroom is uh, uh, using 10 different systems. And we uh, really see the importance of making sure that we're not just building something that works in a silo, but building something that really is going to uh, uh, work with and integrate smoothly with all of the other uh, uh, tools that are out there. And then finally, and again, and I cannot emphasize this enough, the uh, the importance of not just repurposing a tool to repurpose a tool, but repurposing a tool for uh, to make learning better within that classroom. That is an absolute goal of ours. Yeah. And this is probably like way down on that list, but I know that one of the things is too, is that you know, the software from Microsoft is like what powers the world. Like everybody knows that like 90% of business is run on Excel. Um, and, you know, so obviously getting early access to those types of tools, I think is, is pretty critical. And anytime I see my son, like he's had some Google docs experience, but then they also have him working in the office apps and he actually prefers the the office apps. And, uh, you know, I, I keep telling him like everything you learn in there, I'm like, this will be useful in the business world whenever you get into the business world, because this is this is what the majority of business runs on. And this is this is true at my when I was in high school. This is mm-hmm. what we were what we were, what we were using was Microsoft Word for any type of essays we were writing. Microsoft PowerPoint for all of our presentations, um, Excel, etc. And then when we saw the Google alternatives, it was like this is Microsoft Excel for Google, or this is Google Docs is like the word of Google, <laughs> right? Right, right, so right. That that was kind of the the understanding, and you get this this um, I guess this literacy of how to use these products and. It, it does help a lot in the real world. Yeah. So I learned Excel on DOS, by the way, <laughs> which is pretty, I think it was, uh, was it Microsoft works? And then they had the spreadsheet in there and I actually learned it on DOS. And I remember it was on uh, 286 machines. And then I, I ended up like getting to the maximum spreadsheet size. And then I had to go into the 386 computer lab so that the, the spreadsheet could actually fit into, uh, into memory. <laughs> I will age myself. My uh, uh, first spreadsheet was uh, uh, Lotus 123, yeah. and it was on a CPM machine. Oh, wow. Um, uh, uh, you know, I look at where Excel has gone in the days since then, and I am forever astonished by just how far the evolution has been. Yeah, it's so funny though. Like I'm, I'm sort of tainted though because anytime I, ha- if I have like a big spreadsheet, I always feel like, okay, am I like, am I reaching the limits? But it's like, no, no, you're not. There's, no, there's no you're limits really anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've opened some spreadsheets now, and I'm like, whoa. I mean, they really are like running. I mean, people are running entire businesses on on Excel, which is uh, which is pretty wild. So, um, you know, at, at the at the schools that like my kids are in, and you know, obviously, I got pl- at, at the last school that my kids were in, I I really got plugged in because they were a really small school, and they're just like, please help us in any way you can. Um, but like for for people that are listening, like what what can what can our listeners do to help out their schools? How do they get them, you know, the schools to know, like even just know that you know they can get so much free stuff. Um, and how do we get them plugged into everything that Microsoft has, has to offer? Is there like just a page they can go to that will explain everything or how do they do that? So there's a couple of uh, uh, resources that are available for them. Uh, one is uh, uh, called uh, Microsoft.com slash education. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a resource that uh, uh, points out a whole bunch of the uh, uh, tools that we've been talking about today and some other things that are available for uh, uh, teachers to use. We also confusingly have education.microsoft.com, <laughs> which is should be the 
same site but isn't, uh, which is the uh, uh, edu- Microsoft Educator Community. That's a good one to point teachers to. Okay. Uh, it is designed for teachers to be able to uh, uh, interact with other teachers, learn about what's working, how did we make this work in the classroom, on and so forth. All that said, the number one thing that I would uh, uh, recommend to any parent is go talk to your teacher, find out what they've got in the classroom now and what they are using now. We find ourselves surprised every time we go to a school for uh, uh, what they have and potentially what they don't have. Um, The number one competitor that we have uh, uh, right now is pen and ink. Mm-hmm. Pen and ink is by far the majority of the scenarios that we still see in the classroom. And there are reasons for that. But uh, uh, there are so many things that the technology can empower and so many uh, 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 ways to learn that the technology can empower that we really uh, uh, see that something as simple as uh, uh, your story of saying, hey, there's no lab here at all. Maybe we should go look at uh, uh, getting a couple of low-cost machines to get people to work with. that may well be the solution in some cases. In some cases, they'll have a couple of machines and then say, okay, well, what are you using? What are you using it for? What are the uh, gaps that you're finding? Um, And then there may well be uh, uh, things that we can provide to either supplement the curricula, to make, save teachers time, to uh, 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 really allow for teachers to uh, uh, get better uh, get better work done within the classroom and get them to actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is teaching, as opposed to debugging whatever went wrong with the login this time. Okay. And then what about homeschoolers? Do they have access to any of this free stuff? So the homeschoolers would have access to uh, uh, the uh, some of the material that's on places like uh, uh, the educator community, the education.microsoft.com community. That's free and open to the public. Um, they will have access to uh, uh, things like OneNote that are generally available for uh, 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 commercial, or excuse me, uh, for cur- uh, customers at large. Yeah. Um, we have uh, uh, some other things that are available uh, uh, through various kinds of licensing programs. I am not the expert on that one. That uh, uh, should come from one of our uh, uh, sales team, but happy to help a listener uh, uh, and get caught up with the people they need to catch up with. Uh, As far as the uh, uh, curriculum goes, as far as uh, uh, the resources go, that I would say is a great opportunity to go through that education community and to really see what's working uh, uh, for teachers and to be able to leverage the best of that uh, within the your own homeschooling environment. Okay. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about that we haven't quite covered today? Tej, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, some of the fun of partnering with uh, uh, some of the other teams we have here? Yeah, um, I could talk about that. I guess from a from a technical perspective, it's um, it's 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 interesting working on a a product where. Um, the end user experience is not from directly in our product. So education resources is a web app that would be um, embedded in say OneNote or uh, Microsoft Forms or Teams. Um, So it's interesting to go work in a different Teams code base, um, work in different different tech stack, different process, and having to do all that kind of coordination. 
that was i guess that's another technical challenge um but at the same time it's it's i guess it's the fun part of really understanding what um like what the end user experience is and and how how those things are built and then we can further like it, it helps our give us more empathy for the other teams and be able to develop in their platforms and then on the other side on the back end there's a lot of technical challenges in retrieving all these resources so we work with the team in paris that um uh sends or ingests all these resources into a pipeline for us to use. And as you can imagine, with 300,000 plus resources, there's always some types of issues. And that's another, I guess, technical challenge. So I, I would say just environment of working with so many different platforms, so many different teams, like Colin mentioned, this ecosystem and having to think about so many things at once is it's fun. It's great because there's so many people to reach out to and it's very satisfying and rewarding, um, but it, it comes with its set of difficulties and challenges. Yeah. It sounds like you have your work cut out for you. <laughs> yeah. But again, like coming back to those learning outcomes, it, it feels like it feels like you're working on something that's actually helping and, and yeah. maybe changing the world. Right. So very cool. Very cool. Okay. Uh, any final comments or we move on? The only final comment I will throw in is that uh, uh, I really encourage uh, all of your listeners, if they haven't uh, uh, visited one of the schools that's nearby, uh, even if uh, uh, they have kids, don't have kids, have kids, but they're not the right age range, go uh, uh, visit your local school. And uh, uh, just ask if you can uh, 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 talk to one of the teachers for a little while. You will find uh, uh, a remarkable world of uh, uh, immensely hardworking, adaptive people uh, with a set of challenges that are unique in my experience. Everything from funding to time management to uh, uh, changing curriculum to goals to you name it. Uh, thinking about as uh, uh, technical people, how we can make their lives easier and make students' lives better is a challenge that uh, uh, we don't reserve for ourselves. We think that uh, uh, this is one that could go uh, uh, that could go really anywhere. I want to reiterate that, like um, the similar thing. <laughs> oh, someone's excited. Um, uh, yeah, similarly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, similarly to like what Colin said, I, I I mentioned at the beginning, like I volunteered at my high school, and teachers are incredibly receptive to to all all ranges of people, um, to previous students, to current students, to um, other educators, other parents. So I would just want to reiterate what Colin said: more teachers are really open, or schools in general, really open to this type of feedback. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's move on. So what do you have for the dev tip of the week, Carl? Uh, this this isn't too devy, but I I know that in a, in a lot of Slack channels, the, there's a little response that you can give is an animated GIF mm -hmm. of like a parrot spinning its head back and forth, and it often like shift into a rainbow of colors. Well, if you go into a uh, terminal and you curl parrot dot live, um, you can actually get that animated uh ASCII GIF, uh. In your uh, terminal, changing colors, bobbing its head, and everything. Yeah, I will. I'll paste it into the uh, to the video version of this if anybody wants to see it. 
It's I'll uh, post it. In, I'll post it in the Slack channel right after this. <laughs> very cool, very cool. And then, guys, there's a game that we play. So, uh, so let's let's have you go first, Colin, since you're on, you're on the top in my video here. Pick a number. Uh, what numbers do I have left? Just just grab the next one. Jim. Yeah, you're just gonna get the next question. Don't pick a number. You can pick the number okay. four, uh, and you get to answer this. Would you rather? It's a kids' game. Would you rather always read with one eye shut? Or always talk with your teeth clenched together. Ooh. I'm going to go with the eyes shut only because if I tried to talk with my teeth together, I think I would have a jaw ache in this space of about five seconds. So would you rather always read? Okay. Exactly. You just, you just don't read anymore. Whereas talking, you can't stop, right? (laughs) Mr. Education here, just stop reading everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Okay. You got me. You got me. (laughs) Oh, kids don't listen to him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Tedge, let's see what we got for you. Man, I got to order these by like un... I might be out now. I got to find one for you. Otherwise, I'll have to re- have to reuse... Oh, no, no, no. Here's one. Here's a two. I found a two. Okay. Would you rather see a group of... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'll read it with one open. Here we go. Would you rather see a group of bullies teasing your best friend badly and not be able to do anything about it? That's mean. Or have them tease you, but not too badly. <laughs> Oh, that's that's what? easy. That's me. That's me. Wait, wait. That's me. Hundred of... percent. Who came up with this question? Yeah, the, what? What is that? What? Like they should be reversed, shouldn't they? Like I don't know. Uh, yeah. It should be like, you know, have it should be that your 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 a group of bullies is lightly teasing your friend, or they're teasing you badly. Like right? Like yeah, man, have I, some I agree. have some like, empathy, so easy. people. Like I'm just chilling. Like you tease me lightly, easy. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, that's like every day for me. So <laughs> you know, having kids. So I got three older brothers. So yeah, I know what that's. Like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh very cool. Okay, so Tej, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, okay. just search my name, Tejvir Sodan. I I don't think there's that many people with my name. Um, so that's probably the best place <laughs> okay. to find me. And we'll have a link in the show notes <laughs> so people can find you that way. And Colin, where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn certainly works. Uh, uh, also, uh, any of the education sites that uh, uh, we pointed to, uh, most of them have feedback of one form or another. So uh, okay. uh, more than happy to look at that. Uh, I also have a, uh, uh, a Twitter feed, although I don't uh, often use it for uh, um, uh, Microsoft stuff. It is uh, WOS. Oh, okay, very cool. Yeah. And then, uh, Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash techie. So, guys, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about such an interesting topic that we, you know, we don't really cover too much. But uh, I think you guys have a really cool job. And I think that uh, that this is just really cool work that you guys are doing. So thank you so much. Thank you so thank much you for having us. us. Much appreciated.